0: Welcome to Social PR Secrets. Those three words can change your life. Social PR Secrets is a book and now a podcast. My name is Lisa Bayer and I'll be your host. I wrote the book and now host this podcast because the struggle is real when it comes to PR in business and in the digital world. In this episode, I interview Guy Kawasaki. Guy is an icon when it comes to social media and disrupting technology. He was the original evangelist for Apple and he wrote a book called The Art of Social Media. In this interview, it actually took place when I was teaching a class at University of Florida on social media management. Guy was nice enough to be my guest, and we talked through some of the trends in social media, some tips that are evergreen, and you can definitely apply today. If you wanna read Guy's most recent book, it's called Wise Guy, and it's available on Amazon. I hope you enjoy the interview with Guy as much as I did. Okay, hi everybody. So we're here today with Guy Kawasaki as our guest. Hey Guy, how are
1: you? Good, how are you?
0: Good. So I'm just going to keep the screen on you because you're our main focus. And um, we're going to be talking this week about social media content. So the students are already familiar with you, thanks to, um, we have the required reading of your book, and then your name is on my book, and then our third book that we have, I know that you like this book too, is Ask Gary Vee. So those are our three books that we're using, but we also have guest speakers like you giving your expert knowledge. So I thought we'd start off about All Top, and tell us what our students should know about All Top, and why as a social media manager we should use it.
1: Yes, so All Top stands for all the topics, and what we do is we aggravate, (laughs) aggravate, We aggregate content from all the blogs and websites that we can organize by topic. So, for example, if you wanted to stay on top of social media, you would go to socialmedia.alltop.com. And we have about 1,100 of these topics ranging from hockey.alltop.com to politics.alltop.com to zoology.alltop.com. And why this is significant for your students is because if they want to curate content for a specific area, hard to imagine there's a more efficient way than to use Alltop because we've already aggregated the last five stories from each of these blogs and websites into one single place that you can scan through very fast and that's the whole goal it's not like flipboard or feedly where we're trying to be pretty we're trying to be efficient we only show the headline
0: okay great and then if you have a blog it's also cool to be listed on
1: yes yes
0: and so there's a there's directions on how to do that on the site and you actually created all top
1: yeah uh co-founder of the company yes okay
0: so that, I think that's a great, great tool to use as a social media manager. So the next question is, um, so you wrote The Art of Social Media. We're using it for our class. It was about a year ago that it, was, it came out. And so there's new developments constantly, of course, in social media. So what would you add to The Art of Social Media with these new developments? To, you mean, what would I change in the book? Well, what would you maybe change in the book or maybe what's not in the book because new things have come out yeah. that you
1: have had? Well, the, the most important thing that's not in the book is Facebook Live. Uh, the book was written and published before Facebook live existed and I think Facebook live is the best way to foster engagement these days so that's a that's a hole in that book honestly
0: and what about Google Plus what are your thoughts on Google Plus did they change uh,
1: Google Plus you know that's the place I have the most followers and I I don't see that much engagement anymore Um, I really loved Google Plus I my 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 number one go-to site really is Facebook right now
0: and so Google Plus in in our class the past couple semesters I actually dedicated a half a week on it so this semester we are barely even touching it the way we position it is that it's owned by Google so we can't ignore it but it's not truly that much of a social network
1: Yeah, so we agree, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. Using using a tool like, uh, I use Social Champ, but Social Champ or Buffer or Hootsuite or Sprout, you can write a post once and deploy it in multiple areas. So I I don't think there's any harm in saying, all right, so I'm going to post this to Facebook and Google Plus. You might as well. Definitely. That's what I do.
0: Yeah, if it's easy to do and the traffic is good, why not? why not? Why not?
1: Right,
0: so what are some of your favorite social media content tips? Uh,
1: By far, the most important tip is that every time you post, there should be a picture or video with it, that you you can't just post plain text anymore. And I also think that you can uh, repeat tweets, repeat posts uh, much more than most people do. I I repeat tweets like four times. Yesterday, very interesting, uh, because of a mistake that I made I posted the same thing to Facebook four times in a row within minutes. Wow. And very interesting. Each one of them got a reach of about six, seven, eight thousand, each of them. And there were no complaints that why'd you repeat this four times? So, you know, I don't know for certain that the four, five, six, seven, eight thousand people were not the same four times, but it seems to me if they were the same people who got it, Somebody would complain. So all of this leads me to wonder, you know, what's wrong with repeating Facebook posts, too? Uh, Because, you know, you can either have 5,000 views or 20,000 views. I mean, guess which one is better? So that was a very interesting data point. So it's about repetition. I think people um, don't push it hard enough.
0: Yeah, they're afraid to repeat. They're yeah, they're really,
1: um, kind of notice it when really the audience doesn't notice it because not everybody's there at the same time. Well, they, they, you know, they also think. Well, in my case, you know, when I did it, when I quadrupled it, the audience was there. It was the same time. I mean, it was within minutes. So, you know, obviously, obviously. Well, some people said, well, the reason why this worked for you guys is because you're a guy and you can get away with it, but most people can't get away with it. I, I, I disagree. I think anybody could get away with it and I also would say that you know this is a very good philosophical perspective that you should try stuff like this because everybody assumes you can't repeat something and so nobody tries and discovers that hmm maybe you can repeat stuff.
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: So that brings me,
0: we're talking about Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook Live. So you've been really big on Facebook Live, and I've been watching a lot of your, you probably go a couple times a week. Right. Yeah. Um, so, what are your tips on? Uh, so, there's the live content, and then there's the after live content that people can go back to. So, what are some of your tips on using that as a content
1: strategy? Sure. Facebook Live for me has been the most effective way to foster engagement. And I I do it in so many different ways. At one level, I I just have an iPhone, right? But usually, uh, I never kind of do that anymore. Now I I have an iPhone with at least a gimbal to make it smoother. But most of the time, I'm using something called Wirecast. And with Wirecast, I'm able to really script the show with pre-roll, then the desktop camera like we're using now, then I can bring in the video from my phone or my tablet, then I can go back to the desktop camera, then I can play a post role. Uh, It's kind of a production for me at this point.
0: Have you always done it that way or when you first started did you just do it? Just
1: No, when I first started I just held up a phone like everybody else, but I just wanted to have more control over what was happening and I saw it being so powerful that I thought, well, you know, it's just too amateurish. Like even large brands today, they're just holding a phone up. I mean, it's kind of a joke. But
0: would you say that's better than not doing it at all?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Because what I hear from the conferences that I go to, the brands and brands that I work with, I mean, they're afraid to go live. They are just plain out scared. to play. What are they afraid of? they're not planned, they don't, they're not going to look good, they're not going to send the right message. So what do you say to that? I say man up. <laughs> I agree, <laughs> I agree, I agree. So what's the difference between Facebook Live and Facebook Mentions?
1: Well, Facebook Mentions is an app for a smartphone that, uh, <sighs> let's see, it, it, is, it is for a subset of people, Uh, verified public figures to use. You're one of them, and Peg is one of them, right? Yes. So that they never miss mentions of themselves. And so I think only about a couple thousand people in the world can use mentions. So there's mentions. Okay. And Facebook Live is obviously completely different because Facebook Live is not an app. It's a, a service. And then there's Facebook Pages, which is for people who manage pages to use. And then there's regular Facebook app. So uh, it's kind of confusing, quite frankly. Yeah,
0: it is. It is. And so I was noticing you and Peg were talking about Facebook mentions and the Facebook mentions people maybe got access to the two-way. Two Did you get first access? Yeah, to
1: the Yeah. Facebook? So uh, the, the several thousand people who use Facebook mentions, we are able to create a Facebook live and then invite somebody on stage. with That's it. awesome. Yeah.
0: So when will that be available to everybody else? do You know, I, I have
1: no idea. Uh, because we could be doing this on Facebook Live right now, absolutely. Novo, which would be absolutely. Cool. And and there's another uh, service being announced this morning from Blue Jeans, and what Blue Jeans is is an online video conferencing system.
0: I was going to use that instead of this today, actually. Yeah, I wasn't and,
1: sure. And that's not just for one to one. That's for like you know. You could have like nine people all over the world on a video conference, and the main one shows in the main area, and then there's the ones who are not talking on the bottom, right? So now that can feed into Facebook Live. Awesome. So that is Facebook itself is doing this where you could have one person in the corner, but if you use Blue Jeans, you could have this, you know, nine people using Blue Jeans. Broadcasting through Facebook Live.
0: That's super cool.
1: Yeah.
0: That's great. Yeah. So you,
1: yeah.
0: you guys heard it here. Straight from Guy. So <laughs> we're going to have to check that out for our class for sure. So just moving on to Canva, you are the brand evangelist for Canva. We are yeah. using Canva for our class to do all kinds of creative things. Great. So what's it like to be the brand evangelist, and how did you, how did you connect with Canva?
1: Yeah. So the, the way I connected with Canva is actually Pig Fitzpatrick was using Canva On my account, and Canva noticed that I was using Canva and they reached out to me via Twitter.
0: Awesome. And
1: one thing led to another. Um, I really believe that Canva is democratizing design just like Macintosh democratized computers. And so, you know, this is called Guy's Golden Touch, which is whatever is gold, Guy touches. And uh, it's very easy to be an evangelist for Canva because it's so easy and so useful.
0: Definitely. Well, I'm a huge fan, and so is everybody in the class. So what are yeah. some of your favorite hacks that you can do on Canva as a social media manager?
1: Well, I, you know, the, the one of the most powerful features is this magic resize, where you create a graphic once, and then you say, "Okay, so now I want it for other sizes for other social media platforms." Uh, that is very, very useful.
0: Also, the app just came out, so i
1: yes, the iOS app just came out, and One of the great things about the iOS app is that your iOS app, your iPad app, and your desktop, they're all synced. So if you create something in the iPad, you can access it on the iPhone, and I create it on the iPhone, you can access it on your desktop, create it on the desktop, you know, so you can do all of this. It's not like they're standalone islands. Um, It's not, you know, sometimes a company will have this desktop version that does everything, And then they have this other thing that kind of does a similar thing, but it's completely separate, really. And they're just trying to, you know, milk their app market. Um, This is completely synced.
0: One thing that I noticed with working with the students at at UF is that they literally do everything using their iPhone. So they're in Google Docs, they're checking their notes, they're studying, they're doing everything. So I think the Canva app will be a good tip for them, for sure. I can't do that. I I have a hard time doing it too, but I like being able to edit on the fly. But they're in Google Docs with me, and it's just—it's just second nature to them. Yeah. Um, So if you could use, I think I know the answer to this, but let me see. If you could use
1: just one social network and none other, which one would it be? Facebook, by far. Okay. Not even—I don't have to think twice about that. Yeah. 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 There's just some. Facebook is kind of. Well, the targeting is so good. The interaction is so good. I have a very good relation with them um, just everything is yeah
0: you know. okay yeah that's what I figured
1: so what are your thoughts on snapchat oh boy I, you know I just I can't wrap my mind around snapchat I it's not like I it's not like I'm taking pictures of myself and putting dog ears on me you know and that kind of stuff so all those kind of silly things which I can understand some 12 year old wants to do is great but it has no meaning for me and uh, with Instagram stories, which I do use, I see you on
0: uh, it. I think
1: that is one of the key parts of Snapchat that I would have used, but now it's on Instagram, and there are things about Snapchat I just can't wrap my head around, like I don't know how many people follow me on Snapchat, and I don't know if there is a way to tell it, you know. I just,
0: it's super hard to measure, for sure. Yeah. It's it, fun, but it's super hard to measure, and fun doesn't equate to ROI,
1: <laughs> Right? well yeah but you know if you're a 12 year old you're not you're not caring about roi right yeah so, yeah uh, but it's, it's a different world i don't i don't know you know brands keep saying how great it is to use snapchat i don't understand that because like if you, if you are a huge brand and you can buy your way in to be one of these suggested things or you can name a filter or something like that okay but you know how does guy kawasaki use snapchat i have yet to figure that out yeah yeah It's still,
0: I think the jury's still out on it. We'll see what happens. Right. Yep. Um, okay. So a couple more questions. So social media can be super consuming and it's hard to balance if you're, even if you're not in the social media business like we are. So what do you do to balance work life from being consumed by all the different screens that are around us.
1: I don't, I mean, that's, this is what I do. This is my job. So you know that's that's like saying to a, a, a professional tennis player, "Well, what do you do to balance your life?" Ha, you don't. You practice eight hours a day. I mean, that's your life, right? I read though that you
0: you um, play hockey
1: to I play hockey and I do paddleboarding, but um, those are distractions from the core of my existence, which is social media. Maybe that's your recharge too. Maybe oh, absolutely yes.
0: Yeah, that's your way to reset. Um, so for the future graduates that are here in the audience today, what advice do you give if they want to have a career in social media?
1: well, my my advice is that you don't worry too much about your your first job, your second job. Uh, this is general advice, not just for social media.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that over the, over if I were starting a career today, I would realize that in the next 30, 40 years that I'll be working, I'll probably have 10 or 15 jobs. And it'll get to the point where when you're, I'm 62, when you're 62, you won't even remember your first job. So, you know, you shouldn't sweat the first job so much, the second job so much, it's gonna be a long marathon. Um, You know, do crazy stuff while you're young, because when you're old and you have mortgages and cars and family, it's a whole different world. (laughs) <laughs> okay,
0: and what about specifically in social media, is there any cr- credentials they should or shouldn't have or criteria they should worry or not worry about?
1: Uh, I, me personally, I don't think so. I mean, you know, obviously when a company looks at your social media graph, it shouldn't be a stupid looking thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, fix your LinkedIn. If you, don't, if you don't have a good LinkedIn profile, you might as well not exist. So that would be my advice, fix your LinkedIn profile. Okay,
0: perfect. Well Guy, thank you so much. If there's anything else you want to add, please add now. But please follow Guy on Facebook and watch his his Facebook lives. They're awesome. And anything else?
1: That's good. I you know, have a great day over there.
0: All right. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.